I'm Anna. And I'm Jillian. And this is the Hat Picks Podcast. Just two dope ladies talking about soccer from across the country on the podcast no one asked for. And we're good! (laughs) How great is that for us? Yes. We are truly crushing it. I don't know what it is, but it's being crushed. It is, in fact, being crushed. Okay, so, you may not know this, but Anna and I are in the same room recording the pod for the first time in the existence of the pod. (laughs) Sharing a microphone and a table. We're here. Truly a magical experience. Anthony said I should be able to hear in the headphones. Can you hear in the headphones? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I had to turn headphones on, <laughs> but I did that. I don't know why I keep looking up at the screen. Maybe to make sure. Anyway. It's still recording because usually it's here. And so you know that it's recording. Wow. This is going to be so fun. Okay. So Anna is here in St. Louis for a wedding. We are recording the pod in person together. <laughs> Very exciting. Before you go out of town for a wedding. Yes. We made it work. <laughs> it's fine. We we scheduled like adults. Yay! Yes. And now here we are. And here we are. And Anna got here at like 1030 this morning. <laughs> and I went down like, it's now 1 p.m. Central time. <laughs> and I went down like 30 minutes ago. And Z, Anna's wife, and my roommates, Matt and Delilah, I was like, oh, yeah, we're almost ready to start recording. They're like, you haven't been recording? I was like, no, we're planning it. This is what we do. We plan it the day of. Because we had done no prior planning to this morning. But we did it, and we're here, and we're going to fucking crush it. You're welcome, everybody. The backstory is important, you know, because we say that we're chaotic, and people don't fully believe us, including, apparently, the people in our own lives. (laughs) But, in fact, we are this chaotic. Or maybe they just thought that it was one of us, when in reality, we combine <laughs> for the chaos. <laughs> yeah. This is not a one-sided deal. Not at all. We are both just happy to be here. At any happy point. to be here. <laughs> all right. So we're going to dive right in, jump right in, as is our custom yeah. today. We've got just two picks for you before we hit some tips and drops and then a shared number one. So... So truly three picks. Truly hat picks. Trick. Pick. Wow. Yeah. We're we're fucking here for it. We're living up to the pun that we made. Yes. Okay. My number three (laughs) pick is Arsenal absolutely crushing Lyon in Champions League. So on October 19th, Arsenal traveled to France (laughs) to absolutely demolish (laughs) Lyon in their first group stage match for Champions League. The goal started in the 13th minute and did not stop. So in the 13th minute... A beautiful goal from Matilda Caitlin Ford. Kim Little sent the ball forward to the midfield, which found Beth Mead with with like this little bounce that perfectly. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> I tried to record Anna on my phone for evidence. No. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Kim Little sent the ball forward uh, from the midfield, which found Beth Mead with this like perfect bounce that went 
like over Beth Mead. It was like one of those perfect, like clearly <laughs> I am sending the ball to you person. Caitlin Ford was. That was so loud. <laughs> <laughs> We're set up on a card table in our guest room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Beth Mead sends the ball across the goal and Caitlin Ford was wide open coming straight to the back post. Like somebody was like trying to catch up with her, but they couldn't. And it was just sad. She got a perfect touch on it. Perfect. And sent it past Christian Entler, Chilean goalkeeper for Olympic Lyon. So that's one O for Arsenal. You love, I love to see it. I was fucking thrilled. <laughs> then in the 22nd minute, Arsenal strikes again with a goal from Frida Manu. She scored the goal off of like a block chance from Stina Blackstenia. She tried to get it. Entler was there. Manu was just in the right spot for the rebound. Was quick to the volley to put Arsenal up by two. Impeccable. Great start. <laughs> Not even 30 minutes in. We're crushing it. In the 27th minute, Leon responds with the goal off of a set piece from Melvin Mallard, a young French international. We don't even know. To which I said, whomst, because I don't know who that was. <laughs> I did a quick Google. She's 22 years old. Plays for the French national team. Clearly not a lot, because I had no idea who she was. But they're making a lot of changes. Andiakar is a mess. So, But after the goal, it seems like we might have ourselves a game. Leon's back in it, you know? You would think. Yeah. No. That is not the case. LOLOL. No. <laughs> I would, it is important for me to note at this point that Leon does not, in fact, score again. <laughs> the entire game. <laughs> it is, in fact, one-sided from here on out. Yes. And we are only halfway through the goals. Right? <laughs> Fuck. So stoppage time of the first half. Arsenal wins a free kick just, just outside of the 18. Like, you could, you, you could not put any space between the ball and the 18. Caitlin Ford and Beth Mead stand on top of it. Beth Mead takes the kick and keeps it very low, which Endler made a math, like created a massive wall of yeah. players and was still not prepared for it. The ball sneaks past them and under them into the <laughs> lower right 90. And it's like, just, it was, it was perfect from Beth Mead because it was the blind spot. Yep. And it was just so good. So Arsenal's up three, one at the end of the first half. Was that enough for them? No. 10 minutes into the first half, we see another goal. A bad clearance by Wendy Reynard, which is not a normal thing for her. I was her. like, that's so rare. It doesn't happen, but I do think that Wendy Reynard is coming to the end of her career. Rare Nard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm not sorry. No, why would you ever be sorry? End of her career, yes. <laughs> I think she's coming to the end of her career, and I think that these like little mistakes are showing her that yeah. more. Like The amount of effort that she has to like put in to get to the same level as everybody else because she's just older and to be as good as she used to be. Yeah. It's just hard. Um, so the bad clearance was intercepted by Caitlin Ford again. And she take Caitlin Ford takes what feels like an eternity to just like set herself up for the perfect little goal. <laughs> just to take my time. I just, don't worry <laughs> about it. And then she just absolutely slams the ball outside of the 18. She's like 20 to like 23 yards out from the goal. Holy shit. And it just goes straight past Endler. <laughs> Mind you, Endler is, like, fucking incredible as a keeper. Like, on the whole, like, yeah. a very good keeper. So this is just saying a lot about how much Arsenal was fucking ruining them. Yeah. And then not even two minutes later. So that goal was in the 67th minute. 69th minute. Math. I can do it. <laughs> we get another goal from Arsenal. Another bad touch by OL puts the ball at the feet of Frida Monum who sends the ball like through the OL defenders to find Beth Mead, who is wide open. And in this, now Beth Mead has the ball. Defenders Reynard and Bacha 
uh, are falling in on Mead. Like she's, she's running out of time to get rid of the ball. She still gets a shot off. And these two players are like sandwiching her. Like they're about to make a Mead sandwich. Which seems like it would be a mess. Because <laughs> Mead is a liquid. Anyway. You could dip it like a Mead French toast. <laughs> or like an au jus. Dip oh, it in yes. the Mead. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Mead still gets a shot off because of course she does. And it just goes straight past Endler to get us to the final score of five to one for the Arsenal. Now, I, there's a, a few important things here. This is the first time Lyon have ever been defeated in Champions League by more than one goal or since 2009. So not ever. But for perspective, that's the year that Anna and I graduated high school. <laughs> Woof. So it's been a long time. Yes. <laughs> and it's not the typical Lyon that we see. And they had all, like, all their stars were out there. Like, like Lindsay Horan, Eugenie Lassalmer. Like, they're still missing Lucario, but, like... She didn't make that team. They had all their players. They have been dominant before. They were dominant before Lucario, so it's not... Even out... They won Champions League last year. With yeah. Her. So, also important to note, this is Arsenal's first win over OL ever. Ever? Ever. <laughs> I thought they had at least one. I didn't realize it was ever. Ever. In all of time and space, they have never <laughs> beaten them. And I, I mean, I personally love to see it, but also we love to see it. We collectively love that. We love the first win. Also, this is just for me. Both Arsenal teams, <laughs> men and women, and we don't talk about men, but I am going to talk about them because they are both at the top of the table for their respective leagues. And while it might not stay that way, I sure as fuck am going to revel in it while I can. We fucking love it. So that's my number three hat pick. Woohoo! All right. Our number dith hat pick is attendance records out of the butt. They are nuts so but so, if you will. If you will. And we always will because it's our podcast and we do what we want. <laughs> In person. This fucking table. Also, big shout out to Anthony. For setting up everything for us. Yeah. <laughs> Testing mics and doing all that shit. So we love you. Thank you. Truly a champion. Yes. All right. So many people are watching women's soccer in person. And we fucking love it. Yeah. Okay. So we have several, several attendance records. And just like big ass games and shit. It's just great. We love it. So first. The Women's Super League. Set an attendance record with the North London Derby, which I had to spell phonetically because it's spelled Derby. The pronounced Derby. Because, I got one a little Australian there. <laughs> because as soon as we broke off from the UK, we're like, we take your words and we throw them in the garbage and we'll say them how we damn it, please. So the North London Derby, which was Arsenal, aforementioned, versus Tottenham Hotspur. 47,376 fans were in attendance at Emirates Stadium, and that is cool as shit. That broke the single-game attendance record for the WSL, so love that for them. Also cool as shit because that's, in fact, the stadium where the men play. Usually, Arsenal women play at a different stadium, so they actually got to play at Emirates where Arsenal men play. Fucking right they did. Love that shit. All right, second, the U.S. Women's National Team versus England at Wembley Stadium on October 7th. There were... I could just put the drum roll in. I don't know why I did that. 76,893 people in attendance, making it the highest attended U.S. Women's National Team friendly ever. 
which is a big fucking deal. What was not a big fucking deal was that the U.S. Women's National Team did lose, but we'll talk more about that later. A little. I mean, they lost. <laughs> we don't want to talk about it that much because it's... Yes. <laughs> Next. All four playoff games that have occurred this year in the NWSL thus far. However, at the time of release, the final will likely have already happened. So I can't say much about that, but I'm speaking as of October 27th. All four of those games this year in the NWSL have broken attendance records for playoff matches, which is super neat. (laughs) Love that. (laughs) So the four matches, there were two quarterfinal games and two semifinal games. So they were held in San Diego, Portland, Houston, and Seattle overall in the course of the two consecutive Sundays. So each broke a record, and now the top four playoff match attendance records have been reset. There were 21,284 people in Houston, 21,491 in Seattle, 22,035 in Portland, and the record for the most people in a playoff match attendance goes to San Diego with 26,215. And I do believe that it should be noted that San Diego has been settle- settling, yeah, <laughs> setting all kinds of records because they set the regular season NWSL attendance record back on September 17th with their opening match at Snapdragon Stadium with 32,000 people in attendance, which is many wows. Wows squared. <laughs> wows um, out the butt. Yes, out of the butt. And this is much excite, much, much excite for soccer featuring women. So, like, anybody who thinks that women's sports are not worth watching can basically suck it. Because this is fucking right. Yeah. (laughs) And if their stadiums were bigger, they'd have more people. Right? Yeah. So, everyone sucks but us. (laughs) (laughs) Hot Pigs Pod story. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) The theme song to our life. Or at least since 2013. Woof. Okay, hat tips. <laughs> Just throwing out references that nobody's going to understand. And that's fine. That's sort of our, that's sort of on brand for us. <laughs> yeah, it does track. All right, hat tips. We have a number of them. Wow. So we're just going to dive in. All right. <laughs> NWSL free agency is a thing now, which is super cool. Some of the notable free agents are Tobin Heath, Dabinia, Julie Ertz, Megan Rapino. Lauren Barnes, Marta, Christine Sinclair, Kristen Edmonds, Abby Smith. If Yoma Anamanu was, but she got re-signed by Gotham like two days ago. For so. three years. Yeah. So that's pretty rad. Um, and it'll be exciting to see where players will go, what they're offered, um, especially players that are in the finals or were in the playoffs like Rapino, Barnes, Sinclair, Edmonds, and Smith. Yep. So we love that. Yeah. Next on our list of tips, known homophobe. Jaylene, is it Jalen or Jaylene? Jaylene. Oh yeah, because it's <laughs> the tale of. T- I got confused because of our episode, the tale of two Jalen. That's <laughs> Jalen Howe, Jaylene, Jaylene Daniels, aka Jaylene Hinkle, aka <laughs> Jaylene Stinkle, who was not picked up by the North Carolina Courage, and we just love to see it. Yeah, love that she was. We love and- to see homophobes lose. Yes. So M Woods, our lovely guest from the last spot and new soccer friend, you should follow her on TikTok at M Woods Casual, got a cat. <laughs> we love welcoming people into the cat fold. Yeah. Its name is Rue for like the Hunger Games, but we have also decided that 
It's for Sydney LaRue, whose daughter's name is also Rue, so we can have a soccer theme. And then the middle name is Raven from Teen Titans. So we just like love that all around. Love that for you, M. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ciara King and Jess Fishlock, both of OL Rain fame, are engaged, which is cute as shit. Yay! They're adorable, and I love them a lot. And finally, the Blonde Or uh, was awarded. We talked about all of the nominees last time, uh, but it was awarded like a week and a half ago to Alexia Puteas for the second year in a row. Notably, uh, Lioness Beth Mead was only behind her by one point um, because there's like a point system. I didn't realize it was that close. Yeah, she was only behind her by one point. Because last year it was like, I feel like it was, it was like, like Alexia Puteas and there was like 10 points. And yeah, I think it was Viviana Miedema. And then there was a bigger gap and then it was Sam Kerr. Yeah. And there was one point Well, Jen, Was Jenny Hermoso in there? I think she was in like the top 10, but I don't think she made it to the top. I can't remember. It was a year ago. Yes. I can barely remember what happened two weeks ago. <laughs> so Beth Mead was only behind her by one point, which is pretty exciting. Obviously, Beth Mead has had an incredible summer winning the Euros with the Lionesses. Yeah. And currently right now scoring those two goals against um, Lyon with Arsenal. Uh, but it's also pretty exciting for international soccer to have people from different countries being at the very top. Yep. So it's just, you know, even though Alexi Puteas won, we all won. Yes. <laughs> all of us. And now we move on to the sad portion of our, of our pod. And it's big today. We have much sad, which actually is pretty on brand for us. I feel like we've had a lot of drops over like the last year to start us off. My mom called me this morning. Thanks, Jane, for this. Shout out to Jane. Yes. To tell me about an NPR story about how... I still mm-hmm. use your soaps, Jane. Just so you know. <laughs> okay, NPR story about how most studies on concussions are done with men, like 80%, they said, and some studies have no women at all. And there's evidence that men and women might respond differently to concussions for a variety of reasons. However, the protocols used in sports, for example, as they used in this study or like this uh, article, whatever story, that the same protocols used in like the NFL for a male player are the same that like a young female soccer player would receive. And that is not right. We need to make sure that we are showing up for people of different genders in sports and yeah. concussions. And responding appropriately. Correct. Next drop, the U.S. women's national team lost two consecutive games for the first time since 2017. They lost to England and Spain. And honestly, like we're not mad about it. Like good, because they need to lose. I mean, you can't always win and expect to grow. Um, but also with these losses, you know, maybe we can see that Blacko ain't it, y'all, because cause. Cause he ain't. <laughs> he is not. He is not it. We had so much hope and all that hope went down the drain. Right down it. Just gone forever. Yep. Next. <laughs> I am in a boot. <laughs> and not like, like a cool stylish boot. No, like a hurt myself boot. I sprained my ankle real bad playing soccer. Remember how last time I was like, I'm joining a rec soccer league. Yeah. <laughs> Low division, like division three, lowest possible fucking level for adults. <laughs> and uh, I tore two to three ligaments. Ouch. And maybe have a slightly high, mild sprain, like above my ankle. So great. Great for me. Uh, so I'm in this motherfucking boot. <laughs> And it's because slide tackling isn't allowed in my rec league. And I tried to pull back from sliding because I have a very long-term and consistent habit of sliding in games, even if like it's a person's not around. Um, And then it just went snap. Um, The ligaments, those are the snapping things. Um, And at least we won that game. 
But next time, I think I'm just going to take the card because it doesn't seem like it was worth it. But hindsight and 2020 and all that shit. You should also talk about your shoe lift. Oh, my God. Okay, so boots make me it, it makes you uneven and so I had I asked for a shoe lift at the orthopedic doctor and they were like no most tennis shoes are like high enough I was like what tennis shoes okay I'm sorry I'm not wearing fucking Yeezys lol that he got dropped by Adidas and so I had to order a shoe lift to balance out so that I'm not just like fucking up my hips and I do not look cool <laughs> it's not a good look uh, well, you know, but it's healthy. So that, you know, that is a good I mean, look. yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, Spain's <clears throat> national team is a mess right now. 15 players from the team resigned, stating that their mental and emotional state has been negatively impacted by the coach, Jorge Vilda, which is a major yikes and leads us into our final and most enormous drop. So as you may be aware or not, U.S. Soccer commissioned former U.S. Deputy Attorney General Sally Yates to do an investigation on all of the bad shit in NWSL. The report was released back on October 3rd, and in a quote from ESPN, The report's findings focus heavily on three coaches in the National Women's Soccer League who have been accused of serious sexual misconduct and abuse. Former Racing Louisville coach Christy Hawley, former Portland Thorns coach Paul Riley, and former Chicago Red Stars coach Rory Dames. It sheds new light on the alleged misconduct by these three coaches, as well as the repeated failures by team owners, U.S. soccer officials, and others to heed warnings and complaints from players about them. And this is from the report itself. Our investigation has revealed a league in which abuse and misconduct, verbal and emotional abuse and sexual misconduct, had become systemic spanning multiple teams, coaches, and victims. Abuse in the NWSL is rooted in a deeper culture in women's soccer, beginning in youth leagues that normalizes verbally abusive coaches and blurs boundaries between coaches and players. And we cannot possibly cover everything in this report, in this podcast, or even an entire podcast dedicated to this, because it is 300 pages of damning evidence that coaches in the NWSL and folks in U.S. soccer do not give a shit about player well-being. And since the report was released, it's been nothing but hollow statements from organizations and a lack of taking accountability from higher-ups. Merritt Paulson, owner of the Portland Thorns, put out a shitty-ass statement about the day the report came out as one of the darkest days he's experienced. But, like, it's not about you, so if you could just shut up, that'd be great. He and others from the Portland Thorns were removed from their front office duties, and Paulson eventually stepped down as CEO of the Thorns and Timbers. But he's still the owner. And he has also not made any statements regarding his intent to sell. So the fact that he didn't report Riley's shit years ago should be all the reason he needs to get the fuck out of women's soccer. Another person who needs to get the fuck out of women's soccer, and this may be unpopular, but I don't give a shit, Jill Ellis was also notified by players of the shitty behavior from their coaches. And while she may have like done some reporting to U.S. soccer, the fact that she did not pursue it further to make sure that something was happening to protect her players with all the fucking power she had is inexcusable. And the fact that San Diego has not removed her or mentioned anything about her involvement is not great. Like you can go onto Instagram and look at the statements that San Diego has put out and the comments are just Jill knew, Jill knew, Jill knew. Because she did. And even if she didn't know any specifics, it's her responsibility as the coach to take care of the players. And And to to be a coach with that much, with that much power. I mean, two World Cups. I mean, she... 
she knew she could have done something. She could have done anything because even if the players didn't feel comfortable with her, because there was a lot of discomfort with her in general, even if she, they did not feel comfortable telling her the specifics, she has a responsibility to make sure that her, her players are being treated white when they're in another league for her not to follow up on any, making sure like player management at the bare minimum to anything else in the NWSL when it, the NWSL is owned and run by us soccer is just her not wanting to at the end of it. So please read summaries of the report. If you don't read the whole 300 page report, which it's a lot to take in and it is upsetting, but we as fans have to face the hard realities that players have dealt with in order to simply play the game. And now that we know we need to call for accountability and action. Yeah. It's, it's very dark. It's very upsetting. And I think something else upsetting is that there are people within these fairly new expansion teams who are also a part of this problem and not to mention some shit happened um, that I, did, I forgot to put in there with like Amanda Cromwell from Orlando. Yeah. Um, being relieved of her duties and there's just, and putting up a fight about it. Yeah. It's just, there's a lot of fucked up shit going on and it's good that the report is out but like this is not the end as we have said over and over again in the midst of talking about this problem like it's not over and it's it's a hard thing because in order to support the players you have to buy merch or tickets or whatever that still benefit these people and so it's kind of like what what do you do to not stop supporting the players but also make sure that these pieces of shit get out and it's a hard needle to thread And asking for accountability is the first step towards any further action that can happen. And we were talking with Em, our internet friend, you know, and she was talking about, it's like, what do we even, what do we do? And something else too that we can do and should do is donate to the NWSL Players Association and the Black Women's Player Association. Um, And if you have any kind of a platform like Em does or we do, however large or small, talking about it, keeping the conversation going because... If we don't continue to talk about it, you know that they will try to sweep it under the table, which this is, they better have a big fucking table. Yeah. I hope they don't, but obviously, you know, you know, they're rich. They could. Yes. And also shout out to my dad. Hey, Ralph, um, who was also up on this and reading reports on this and sent it to me was like, Hey, this would be something good for your podcast. And it is the stuff needs to be talked about, talked about. So thank you, dad. Thanks, Ralph. Yay! Okay. Now that we've talked about the shitty shit because it's the shittiest shit of all the shit (laughs) we can go back to good things which is the nwsl playoffs all the awards all the cool shit that's happened we're giving you a brief rundown because we didn't want to write it all quite honestly yep it's really what it comes down to because we didn't want to also we want to go get tacos (laughs) you know we have priorities okay so good things the nwsl final uh is this weekend. And to get here, there were some bomb.com games. And because it's the end of the season, we get to talk about the awards that have been given out and the best 11 teams that were named. So awards, starting with our favorite season awards, (laughs) awards, Matt and Delilah just finished watching Shits Creek all the way through. Oh, it was Matt's first time. And so just like watching, they were just at the end of the season. I was like, I, if I watch the finale again, I will sob. It's just <laughs> it emotions. Um, okay, so this week, the awards for goalkeeper, coach, rookie, and defender of the year have been named. As of the recording of this pod, <clears throat> again, October 27th, we are still waiting on the MVP, though we think 
It's between Sophia Smith and Alex Morgan. So first, goalkeeper of the year was awarded to Canadian Queen, Kaylin Sheridan, from the San Diego Wave. Even if you only watched her playoff performances, you would see why she won this award. She, she's fucking incredible. She is such an incredible keeper, badass leader, and like, honestly, truly seems to be a compassionate teammate, which like, we love that. And this was well-deserved. Yeah. Um, Coach of the year was awarded to Casey Stoney of, wait for it, the San Diego Wave. To take an expansion team all the way to the semifinals of the playoffs in the first season is incredibly impressive. And Casey Stoney did that. She seemed to foster as healthy of an environment of growth and teamwork with San Diego as is possible in the midst of this crazy season. Um, And it'll be exciting to see what she can do with them the next season and beyond. Yeah. As Emma was saying in our thread, like really hope she stays in the NWSL for a while because she's really dope. I I also think it speaks to the benefit of having a player become a coach. Yes. Because there's so much that you understand of what, and the same way with the Jeopardy host being a previous player. Like there's so much you understand about where these players are and where they're coming from. And especially players, she used to play for the English national team. So especially having players like Alex Morgan and Kaylin Sheridan and Naomi Gurma, who are all playing for their national teams and then coming back. She gets it. Yeah. She gets, she understands it. And so she's knowing how to manage player expectations, manage their minutes and also helping the players on that team, like the Amira Ali's who are not getting called up to the national team, um, get the most out of their playing time and helping them grow. I think it's the same thing with the Portland coach Wilkinson. Like she was also a former player. And while she was not nominated to be one of the coaches of the year, I think she has done a really good job yeah. this year, especially in her first year. She is not making, like, giant waves, which, like, honestly, a good thing. But her team is still in the fucking final, you know? Um, I think she stepped into a well-oiled machine, and she did a really good job stepping into something that was already working very well. Not rocking the boat, but also still pushing for greatness, still pushing forward, still pushing for changing, like, what they're doing because they lost Lindsay Horan. They lost, like, it's it's not the same exact team, and so still managing that and putting her own experience and time like into that um just yes really great okay so rookie of the year and defender of the year was awarded to naomi gurma of she i wonder where you fucking guessed it the san diego wave gurma plays like she has been playing professionally for years but she is a baby tiny baby (laughs) she makes it seem effortless like when she makes decisions on the field it seems as though she has planned out like oh this wasn't a split second decision that of course we know she had to make because she's on the field and it's not you can't plan that shit out all the time it's just it's outstanding yeah so so far it's been a sweep by the san diego wave which is again amazing from an expansion team it's kind of an if you build it they will come situation in my brain which actually did you know that the line is if you build it he will come really anyway And it's going to be on Jeopardy. <laughs> you know where I learned that? Jeopardy. <laughs> I fucking love it. Despite the fact that I've seen that movie m- multiple times. Anyway, moving past the Field of Dreams reference, San Diego built this team, albeit with Jill Ellis involved. Insert throwing up emoji here. <laughs> and they've, yeah. bro- they've broken attendance records, as we previously mentioned, and made it into the playoffs and have won these awards, which is amazing. And it's great for other investors to see what is possible, especially with an expansion team. It's different when you're talking about the New York Yankees portland thorns like they have <laughs> gotten there for year, like they've gotten there over time well sort of 
Um, but to see an expansion team come in and do this is a really great thing for investors to see. They can be like, oh, well, we can start this team and it is possible to get to the playoffs the first season and win all these awards and break these attendance records. So if you build it, no. They will all come. (laughs) Well, and I think too, because it is so so pattern breaking for what you have seen with expansion teams previously. I mean, Angel City did well, but like they didn't make the playoffs um, and they have a lot of like high powered investment. But looking at Louisville or Orlando, our two other most recent expansion teams, like you just don't, see it but also I guess KC going through all the transitions they have gone through which not being an expansion team but rebranding and still doing as well as they did this year that's also something very cool and their coach was like up for coach of the year and stuff so yeah and there's the, a lot possible the the owners of Kansas City uh the Longs and Brittany, Brittany Lynn Mahomes yes <clears throat> be Mahomes wife yeah. <laughs> um are really do like they're they're doing their best to make sure that their team can be great. And if they're not great, it's not because the ownership has not put in the effort to make sure that they have the resources, they have the facilities to be their best. If they're not winning, it's maybe the coaching isn't right. Maybe their player chemistry isn't right, whatever reasons, but they are doing what they can to make sure that whatever reason that might impede their greatness is not them. And hopefully this, like this success with San Diego and others like does lead to more investment. And we've mentioned on a couple pods ago, I think like all the potential like expansion teams Mm -hmm. that could be coming to the NWSL with all these attendance records being broken. It, you know, it's like at the same time that all this shitty ass Yates report stuff is coming out. Like there's also like signs of growth and like good shit is happening um, in the league. It's just, it just seems to be overshadowed. Okay. Back to good things. Sorry. But also, okay. Also I have this idea (laughs) That it would be super cool if Kansas City won the whole thing. And it would be pretty cool if Kansas City Chiefs, who need a new name, yes, um, <laughs> won the Super Bowl and Kansas City just did this like Mahomes domination. Yes. <laughs> would be pretty cool. Would be pretty cool. Bring it all Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Okay. Quickly run through the best 11 first and second teams because these are also incredible. Incredible. So the best 11 first team, just so you know, there are 11 players on the field when you play soccer, just so everybody knows. Okay. Accessible. So the best 11 first team, Sophia Smith, Alex Morgan, Dabinia, Mal Pugh, Sam Coffey, Lola Banta, Naomi Gurma, Sophia Huerta, Carson Pickett, Alana Cook, Kaylin Sheridan. And I think all but one or two people on that were nominated for awards. Yeah. I think Sam Coffey wasn't nominated. Oh, no, she was... Rookie of the year, yeah. Was Lola Bonta nominated? She's not MVP. I don't think so. So I think she's the only one that wasn't nominated for an end of season award. But she's good. She's incredible. She's our little self. She, she our celebration queen. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the best 11 second team is Rose Lavelle, uh, Deanna Ordonez, Megan Rapino, Ebony Salmon, Caroline, Jess Fishlock, Becky Sauerbrunn, Haley Mace, Kelly Hubley, Tatum Malazzo, and Adriana Branch. Oh, I don't like Adriana. A.D. French. Yeah. What? <laughs> I just wrote it. I looked at the list and I just wrote it, but it's A.D. French. A.D. French. Moving on to playoff games. The six teams that made it to the playoffs were the Houston Dash, KC Current, San Diego Wave, Chicago Red Stars, Portland Thorns, and O.L. Reign. And the theme of the playoffs has been stoppage time goals. So the first playoff game that we saw was the Houston Dash against the Kansas City Current. 
We got two first half goals that kept that kept the game. Yep, that kept the game <laughs> close all the way to stoppage time in the second half. So it was tied for the entirety of the game. And we were all worried that the game would go into extra time, which is just truly too much stress for anybody to handle. Truly. <laughs> I don't know how players handle it, but as fans, I hate it. It is very stressful. And, I and hate, we're not playing. <laughs> and I hate PKs more. Like, it just gets worse. <laughs> no. So stoppage time was set for nine minutes. Wow. Which is ridiculous at the end of the second half. That's one more for the people in the back. Nine whole minutes. <laughs> Good Christ. So a poor clearance from the Houston Dash finds the ball at the feet of Alexis Loera, who passes the ball to Lola Bonta, who does a nice little give and go banana run to Loera, who sends the ball across the goal. Houston defender gets a quick touch on it, but the ball ultimately is at the feet of Kate Delfava, who gets it past Jane Campbell for the latest stop time goal that pretty much anybody has ever seen. Casey moved on to the semifinals against Ola Rain, who they beat to make it to the finals. And we love it. Yeah, they beat them handedly. Yeah, 2-0. And like, OL has like an incredible lineup and did so well offensively, but like, we'll talk about it, but like AD French kind of ruined that for them. Sure did. And you love to see it. (laughs) Also, we were talking about this before we started recording. The OL Rain starting lineup is just like, the coolest bunch of bad bitches you've ever seen. They're just, they're so neat. Like, <laughs> they're the kind of people that you like see from afar and you're like, oh, how are you guys all so cool? And all on the same team. God bless. Okay. <laughs> the San Diego Wave beat the Chicago Red Stars in their quarterfinal match to meet. It's like I come back to the Midwest and all of my A's become long vowels. <laughs> Their quarterfinal match. Match. God. Portland. <laughs> I've been here for 24 hours. Okay. The San Diego Wave beat the Chicago Red Stars in their quarterfinal match to meet up with Portland in the semifinals. San Diego got a very early goal that Portland responded to with a rocket from Rocky Rodriguez. Yep, it's like rocket. A rocket. <laughs> I almost wrote that, but then I thought about me saying it and I was like, I will hate it. I do not like that. <laughs> so I removed it. Um, but Rocky Rodriguez's goal was chef's keys perfection. Um, much like the Houston Dash KC game, we were not emotionally prepared for extra time. No, like we were all texting and it was like, please, God, do not send us to extra time. No, thank you. And who else but Crystal fucking Dunn heard our pleas and in the 93rd minute, Portland wins a corner kick, gets sent in and is bobbled about until it gets popped out. No, it says pooped. <laughs> I wrote pooped. It gets sent in and is bobbled about until it gets booped out by a bad header. <laughs> I did intentionally write pooped. I just read it wrong. <laughs> that bad header sends the ball straight to Crystal Dunn, who off the volley sends an absolute bullet to the upper left 90. That was basically unstoppable. Like, I forget who said it. It wasn't actually that. It's like somebody said the scream I just screamed, but I thought it was... The scream I just scrum. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The scream I just scrum. (laughs) It was incredible. So Portland won with that final goal, and we did not have to suffer through stoppage time. Thank any deity. (laughs) I would like to thank our soccer lord and savior, Crystal Dunn, for hearing our prayers. (laughs) Uh, Keepers have also been outstanding. Kaylin Sheridan was named Keeper of the Year for a reason, people. 
She came up big in both playoff games, but it could have been a much different scoreline in the game against Portland. Early on, Klingenberg set, gets a low shot on goal, and Sheridan extends her just whole damn body to stop that shit. And stop it, she does. She also stepped to it when Sophia Smith was right fucking there. And that takes guts, because Sophia Smith is uh, Good. a force. <laughs> Uh, the phrase saved by Sheridan came up so many times. We would also be remiss without mentioning our beloved AD French, who would not let OL pass in their semifinal. So <laughs> please enjoy the Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> Rapino sent one beautiful cross into the box for Jordan Hyatema, who heads it in and like, you're like, oh, they're about to score. Nope. AD French says... Not today, bitches. And then in the second half, Welsh queen Jess Fishlock has a banger of a shot and 80 France. <laughs> 80 French gets that shit with one fucking arm and says, nope, nope, nope. I could go on because this went on. But that's why these two people were named in the first and second best as keepers, like the best keepers. End of pick. Good shit. You know. But I will say the final is this Saturday between Kansas City and Portland in prime time for the first time, 8 p.m. Eastern. I don't remember what channel, so you should watch it. However, this will be out after the game because there is no way that I'm, you know, editing this in 24 hours before I leave for Louisville. But we hope you watched it in the past tense, nerds. And I'll probably come in here with some kind of like voiceover with like who won because I can do that in the future. Future Jillian will take care of that shit. Saturday, October 29th. It's on CBS or Fox. Well, this is Jillian on November 30th, 2022, over a month later. Wow. I'm so sorry. This is so late. (laughs) But Portland won 2-0, and it's taken me so long to record this because I have still been in my boot and not really able to stand where my standing desk is. So that's kind of an excuse. I'm real sorry it's taken this long, but it was a good final. Anna and I ended up watching it after I came back to town, so that was pretty cool. And thanks for listening up till this point. Watch it on CBS. I hope you watched it on CBS. Nerds. (laughs) Yeah, nerds! (laughs) Oh my gosh. I did tell Anna at the beginning, I was like, I don't think our dynamic is going to change at all being in person. I think it's going to be pretty much the same. And I don't really think it did. I think it's like very similar. No, but I do think that we get through things quicker because we're not like, hold on, I have to go pee. Hold on, I have to go turn off a fan because we both are like, oh shit, I didn't turn off the fan. Oh shit, no, I have to pee. Oh wait, I need more water. We do that. Yes. Like (laughs) at the beginning, in the middle, at the end. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. So So we we got to cut that out. This is 40, yeah. 40-something minutes. I mean, that's great because our pet, oh my God, the last pot we had with M, which, because, you know, we had an a extra guest. person, which yeah. was wonderful, but it was like an hour and a half, and so I had to cut a lot down. I forgot another hat drop, but it's not soccer related for, about BG. Oh, yes. Because that is a bummer. There was a video of her. So, okay, hat drop. We'll just just toss it in there at the end. Um, Brittany Griner's sentence of nine years in a Russian prison was upheld by the courts. Um, They have taken into account the uh, time she has already served in the waiting process of all of this. So it's down to, I think, closer to eight years because they did for every day that she's been 
in detention now, it's 1.5 days off of her sentence. Hmm. But regardless, it's shitty. Yeah, holy shit. Um, so that has been upheld and she they got a video of her talking and she's like behind bars and she's like, thank you to people who are supporting me back home. And it is truly heartbreaking. And there's discussion now that any further movement that happens in getting Brittany Griner back home won't happen until after the midterms, which is around the corner. It's like literally yeah. a week away. But we, like there's talks about it waiting until we have those midterm results, which is just infuriating because it's not about politics. It's about a person who is it's so in such a shitty enraging. situation. Yes. So other hat drop, that whole situation from start to end fucking sucks. Absolutely. Well, maybe we'll see you all in another two months or whenever we decide to record. <laughs> I think that we should do another, like, history histori- pod. Yes, yes, another historic game. I think that would be really You know fun. which one I was just thinking about? Because um, I don't listen to Glennon Doyle's podcast, but I see the clips of it come up yeah. on my Instagram. And they just had Alex Morgan on the pod. And they talked about the Olympics in 2012. Well, the Canada game? Yeah. So they, well, they were talking about winning it. And Alex Morgan was like, because for the tournament, Abby Wambach couldn't wear 20. So she wore 12. And she was standing next to Alex Morgan when they won. Oh. And like, they were talking about how, like, cool. And like, even Abby started crying, like, thinking about it. And I was like, we love an emotionally attached queen. Yep. Great. Um, but that would be a good one too. Yeah. Because that's like a, be. that's a more recent big historic game that I don't think we talk about a lot in general in women's soccer anymore, but I think that's a good one. 120th minute. That may be the latest goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, was that in stoppage well, time or was that extra time? That was extra time. Yeah. Not stop. That's probably the latest goal of any time. Not like, not just like stoppage time because stoppage time doesn't usually go nine minutes. <laughs> good Christ. Well, I guess. Uh, We've only gone and done it. It's been real. And it's been fun. It's been really fun. And uh, we have to go get tacos now. Oh yeah! Follow us on social media. Yeah, follow us on follow us, Sean. <laughs> I am now Sean Connery. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, follow us on Instagram. I guess Twitter too. I don't really use it. But also, if- we don't have a website anymore because we don't want to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you ever went to it, but we had it. We did, and we know that you care about that. Uh, but you can follow us on our social media at HatPigsPod, or you can send us an email at HatPigsPod at gmail.com, which uh, only Matthew has done. Yeah. And we love him oh, for it. Oh, and Claire. <laughs> oh, and Claire. And we love them for it. Yep. So on that note, I'm Jillian. And I'm Anna. And this has been the HatPigs Podcast. In person. <laughs> oh, now I'm responsible for turning it off. <laughs> yeah. That-